You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Are you a good friend? How do you know? This week on Carly's Couch, we're discussing the importance of being a good friend to others. Hola, hola, hola. Happy Monday, everybody. Good morning, whatever. Afternoon, good evening. (laughs) Right. Good everything. Hope you're doing well. Um, Thank you so much for listening to Carly's Couch. It's been a few years now. Thank you for your reviews, your five stars, your comments. Thank you for engaging with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we love hanging out with y'all. Um, this week's episode was inspired. If you listened to last week's episode about um, asking for help, we were talking about have we ever done an episode on how to be a better friend um, and how to be a good friend and what does that even look like? And we actually haven't. So in 243 episodes, we have not. Um, we've mm-hmm. definitely talked about certain things that make you a better friend along the way, like communication and conflict resolution and honesty and vulnerability, you know, all that good stuff. But this week we're talking about how to be a better friend. Mm -hmm. And you made a good point um, in noting that I think a lot of times we focus very heavily on trying to pay attention to how can I be a good, better girlfriend or in a relationship and thinking about the conflict resolution in those spaces and um, listening in those spaces. But we don't necessarily think about just what platonic looks like um, and still how we operate with the people that we care about on our day to day basis. So um I know personally, like, I don't think that much about, like, Googling things about friendship or, um, you know, about myself in that relationship. But in other types of relationships, I will, like, you know, look up things or listen to a podcast episode. Um, And so I think that's very interesting that we do need to make sure that we value our friendships just as much and value how we show up in our friendships just as much. Yeah, it's so important because I really, like... If you think about the friends you've had and have and like your circle of friends, like how many partners or people have you dated have just like drifted in and out and been gone. But your friends are really the people that are there through everything. And maybe not Not like maybe you've lost (laughs) them, too. But um, (laughs) like so many things are focused, like even our most listened to episodes are the ones about relationships, romantic Mm -hmm, relationships mm -hmm. specifically. And so, you know, it's just important to think about how we're showing up in all those spaces and to do check ins and make sure people are feeling loved on. Yeah, but I will say also, like, all of the episodes that we're doing on taking care of yourself or um, even if it is kind of based on romantic relationship. And a lot of times I'm pretty sure we always mention, you know, friendships as well in those types of uh, episodes. But those are also, you know, good things to practice with your friends. And I do think that even when I learn things about how to be a better partner, it, it also is teaching me how to communicate better with my friends, actually pay attention more, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think it's like a, you know, one thing or the other, but all of it is helpful. But mm-hmm. I think I, I know for sure that I personally don't intentionally think as much about it, you know, for those reasons. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure most people probably don't, but yeah, it's all transferable skills. Like anytime you're, you work on being a better person. Um, I was reading something the other day uh, and I saw a quote, or I was listening to something, you know, something, but it was basically mm-hmm. saying all the work you do on yourself is your gift to the world. And so anytime you are doing all those things for yourself, like everybody in your life benefits, like we all rising tides, raise all ships. We up. Um, And the longest lasting study on happiness that Harvard has been doing for over 85 years shows that like the number one, like that, the number one thing, like the number one key to happiness is meaningful relationships. Um, And that actually affects your physical health and mental health and emotional health and all that. Um, But I was 
reading up and doing research on how to be a better friend. And I came across this book called Platonic. Um, I haven't read it, but when I started researching, I actually found a quote on TikTok, and I thought it was really interesting. They're saying, like, these days we typically see platonic love as somehow lacking, like romantic love with the screws of sex and passion missing. But this interpretation strays from the term's original meaning. When Italian scholar Marsilio Ficini coined the term platonic love in the 15th <laughs> century, the word reflected Plato's vision of a love so powerful it transcended the physical. Platonic love was not romantic love undergoing subtraction. It was a pure form of love, one for someone's soul, as Ficini writes, for it does not desire this or that body, but desires the splendor of the divine light shining through bodies. Platonic love was then viewed as superior to romance. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a cool quote to think about it because it is, like, you know, less important because I'm not having kids with this person or because we aren't having sex or because, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean that the intimacy and stuff still can't be there in those type of relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is true because how often do we talk about romantic relationships and a big part of that being that you want them to be like your best friend or somebody that you can um, do things with, listen to you, all of the things that, you know, really you can do with your friends. Um, it's just that added element of physical or intimacy that might be there that may not be there with your other friends. Well, they shouldn't be there if they're your, just your friends. But um, I will say that I agree with that and that you shouldn't look at platonic love as romantic love um, minus something. Um, I actually think that in... Kind of a lot of my relationships, they started out um, with a focus on like the friendship parts have kind of being there for it to go to the next level. Um, and also have partners that have been my friend for a long time. And then like as we actually kind of say like, hey, I'm, you know, we're interested in each other. Then you learn more about them and like, you know, the friendship becomes a little bit stronger. Um, but I do agree with that. I think that's very important. And that maybe what tends to happen is that you know, familiarity breeds contempt is something that we hear a lot. And that's when like, you know, the people closest to you, your family, friends, right? Because friend, unlike a relationship is more likely to be like, okay, you're not, there's not something that's going to happen. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we're broken up or I'm not talking to you anymore. Right. And so I think that we perhaps take some of those different types of relationships for granted, um, which is why we don't necessarily like spend as much time trying to make that thing happen. No, nah, that's a great point. And I'm glad you talked about like friendship, even in the guise of like a romantic relationship, because my best relationships have been like from friends first, like actual friends, mm -hmm. like getting to know them before it's like, oh, we're dating and now we're trying to do be friends. Like my best ones have like been trying to build that friendship first. And so I think I think that that's super true um, in, in all the aspects. In all of them, man, that's so interesting. Um, are you a good friend? Like, Would you say you're a good friend? Um, yeah, I think I'm good. Um, I have friends who have told me, um, I could be a better friend, but I'm not a bad friend, but that they know the certain things that are, uh, that I'm good for and the certain things that I'm not necessarily good for. Um, I think to, I, I think maybe a harder thing or maybe a more defining thing would be to think about, well, what makes somebody a bad friend? Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, I think more about if you're bringing more negativity or um, a particular kind of downer as opposed to just maybe not being there as much. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, as far as just saying, like, okay, like, sure, I think I'm an okay friend. 
Um, but also I think there's a lot of people who think they're, that I'm their friend and I'm not, you know, also, um, or they, they might think they're my friend and I'm not like, I don't consider you like my friend. I think there's tiers of friendship. For sure. Um, and I think people aren't, don't fit in all of those. That is an excellent point. Um, I work with some people who have intellectual and learning disabilities and we were going through like inner circle outer circle like it's like think about your life kind of as a layer of layers of cake so on the top one is just you you know and your spiritual beliefs the next one might be like your partner and your best friend or your partner then the next one might be your best friends and then friends and then acquaintances and I use the word people laugh at me because I'm very I'll be like oh my friend from high school no my acquaintance from high school I'm very particular about calling people friends because friends it's there's more required like there's more care and attention giving to people um and I would say that it's probably thrown around a lot very loosely would you say somebody's your friend because of what? Because you do for them or because they do for you? Does that make kind of sense what I'm asking? Like, mm. what makes somebody your friend? That's a good question. Um, I would say a mutual, like a, a reciprocal relationship. Like, um, like, and it doesn't always have to be like 50-50. Like, sometimes some person gives more than the other ones. But two people buying into, like, building a friendship and a relationship together. And you know that based on their actions is what you're saying. You're yeah. looking at yeah, I think I, I think I talked about this on here before one time, but um, it was so funny because when I was on my trip for my birthday with one of the um, ladies that she actually works with me on my team, and then I, it was like the last day. She was like, yeah, you know, we friends now, right? And I was like, not you just telling me on the end of our uh, week <laughs> vacation, like, oh, I guess, we, I guess we could be friends. But it was so funny, though, because um, – she was like, well, you know, I got played one time because I, I was talking to this girl and I, and I called her my friend. And she was like, mm, actually. And I was like, oh, that's kind of rough. Like, I wouldn't have the, the balls to say that to somebody in their face. But I might think, like, oh, I'm not really your friend like that. Um, but she was like, somebody had called her out and was like, yeah, we're not, you know, I don't really see you as a friend, friend. I and mean, we cool. And so she was like, I make it a point to really be like, let me let you know, like, I consider us friends. Um, and I was like, okay, that's interesting in that way. But at first I was just offended. Um, but I don't think that you necessarily have to do that, but I will say if you have friendships where you do feel like a little bit of maybe resentment or content or like, man, they don't really be calling me they're not really around. They don't try to do stuff, whatever. Then like, maybe they just actually don't want to. And I don't think it's, I think it's more about something to not try to press and maybe more of something to actually, um, if you feel like you need to have a conversation about it or like talk about friendship and what does friendship mean or you know, oh, are we really friends? Are we on what level? Then maybe that's something to think about as well. Man, I, that's so funny. Now my brain is just like reeling and like, oh, man, I wonder like what, at what point people become friends because that, that really does suck to have someone be like, yeah, we're not really friends. Oh, but I feel like I know. I mean, I, I think people become, can start considering themselves friends when they're going through something together. And by that, I mean like an experience, like um, you hang out a couple times, y'all go do something, um, you meet them out somewhere and you connect. Um, if you go through something difficult together, like I feel like in those connecting times is when people start to be like, oh, okay, we're friends. Um, when they feel that you're connecting on kind of a different level than uh, just passing by. Mm. Okay. What makes a good friend um, to you? Mm, I think... Um, a person who I would say is a good friend to me is uh, trying to make sure I don't just say stuff just to say stuff. Cause I, uh, I think one thing that's important that I recognize also is in the same way earlier I said, like, I think my friends expect certain things from me or don't expect certain things from me. 
I I literally am the same. So like I don't require um but I'm also hoping I'm not saying that as in like well, really I do want all this but I just don't say it. But it's not really that. Like I just I don't require like constant a lot of anything and I don't give that either. So it's not like also like a one way thing. Um but what makes a good friend is that um for me is if I can feel lighter in their presence. Um, there's a lot of people I, I can hang out with and I I don't feel better being around them. Like I, it feels like work or it feels like they want too much or it feels like, um, you know, you have to think too hard or whatever. So I think um, if I feeling a certain way in their presence is important, I think somebody's a good friend if they um, do listen when you talk to them. Um, I think somebody's a good friend if they are there, if I do reach out to them or if I do need them and they could be um, available or responsive. Um, and I think they're uh, a good friend. Mostly I think of it's like if when we do spend time, we have a good time, essentially. Um, I don't, I'm a very like in-person person or, you know, in whatever moment, you know, being in that moment. Um, and if I'm not, then I'm not like out of sight, out of mind a little bit. So those are kind of some of the main things. Um, you can laugh, can talk. That's yeah. what I would, I would stick with. No, I think those are all great, and I won't reiterate those. So I, I echo many of those sentiments. But also the first thing you said is, like, you know, I don't, like, require a lot. And also, like, I, you know, have the same thing of people. That sounds like just kind of knowing people and knowing, like, where their strengths and their, like, love languages and how they show up and kind of respecting that. Because I've, I've talked about it before. Like, I have a best friend who... Don't talk, but I call her best friend because that's my dog. Like, you know, we're really connected deeply, but we do not talk every day. We might talk once a month, and that's cool, but that's kind of how she is. Whereas I've had other friends who I'm really close to where I've had to tell them, like, hey, I don't want to talk to you every day. Like, I love you. I can't do this. This is not – this is too much contact for me. It's stressing me out. Like, I don't I don't want to do that. And so mm -hmm. also teaching them, like – and then them respecting that. So I would say, like, people who respect boundaries, people who are honest and vulnerable um, and – Obviously, that vulnerability comes with time. You don't do that necessarily right off jump. Um, people who consider me and, like, understand and, and help me see new perspectives and situations. Like, if I do come to them and talk to them about something, they kind of have a knowing about me and, and can give me different perspectives um, in a loving way or help me see things that maybe I can't see. Um, yeah, and pretty much all the other stuff you said. Yeah, but I think um – consider um if you think somebody's being a bad friend then consider also like your own actions because i have a um somebody that i i consider my best friend just off the strength of like they were my best friend in college but also at the end of the day i also have don't seek them for months um and i remember uh last time i hung out with her it felt really good like when i was back home and I, and I, I felt like i needed to say something where i told her like you know i really enjoyed spending time with you it was very refreshing um and you know i'm glad that we hung out and she's like, yeah, you know, we, we should talk more. And I was like, uh, I immediately, my first thing that I think I said was something around like, yeah, I got to do better because I do not follow up. I don't catch up. I don't I don't just text people like, oh, how are you doing? Um, or at least not her like that. Um, but then also later I was thinking about it, like, well, also like that person can call you too or text you too, right? So it's, it's never just like on you to do that. If I don't feel like talking to people, then I don't talk to them. Um, and if you want to, then you should. Um, but when I do, when I am in that mode, then I, then I do reach out. Um, so I think also like if you're feeling like you, um, somebody's not being a good friend then feel free to just reach out to them and just, you know, see how they're doing or talk to them. Cause it might not necessarily be, unless, unless it's like a 
big switch and like something happened or something like that. Um, you know, it might just be that they just have life going on or other things. And I, and I actually love those friendships that are really deep and you can connect when you connect and spend time and then you don't have to. One of my friends from Dallas was out here visiting. And again, one of those people I do not text. We do not talk on the phone. We don't FaceTime, none of that stuff. But every time she's in L.A., I see her. Every time I'm in Dallas, I see her. And we have the most beautiful conversations, the most, like like you said, I feel refreshed. I feel light. Our, like our souls connect, you know, we just have a good, a good ass time and it's a lot of fun and then she'll leave or I'll leave and then that's it. And I think that those friendships are really important too. And so also like checking in with what are your like expectations and why are they just like a, what you think friends should do or are you allowing, you know, whatever relationship to show up, however it can show up in your life. Mm -hmm. And I like the friendships that are like that too. That's how most of mine are. But I also do think even in saying all of this, that it is very important to always have at least those couple of people that you can like hit up anytime or you do talk to like more often. Um, there are going to be those couple of people. And that's what back to what I was saying about tears where, you know, as soon as you feel some kind of way or something good going on or whatever, like having a couple of people that you do feel good about, like just actually being very open with or talking to um, is good. Like you should have friendships where um, you can communicate on a more vulnerable or deeper level. It just might not be for everybody like that. Mm -hmm. And so just checking in with yourself and your friends and seeing how connected you feel. Like if you're as connected as you want to be and if not, just kind of thinking through, you know, what ways, like does it feel like it's lacking and how you can actually fulfill that in your life? It's so funny because um, also in my group chat, we have one that has like 18 people in it in the friend group. And one day we were getting into it about um, ranking ranking everybody in the group as friends. And um, who's at the bottom? The people who are at the very bottom were people who are just like bullies a little bit. Like they always doing, you know, always trying to be contrary. Um, those are the people who end up at the bottom. The people at the very top were the ones who are like the always super sweet. You never know, you know, nothing going on with them. And then like even I think I felt kind of fake, like bottom middle, just because like I said, I'm, I'm like just neutral. Like people might not necessarily have nothing bad to say, but also it's like nothing super great. Um, although there's some people, right, where it's like, um, they know I've done certain things for them or if they ask for something, whatever. Like, I think that's what they consider in those rankings. But it is pretty funny to think about, like, in if you were to put a group together, like, where do you feel like you fall as far as being um, a good friend? I think it's about time for us to do that again because ever since we did that, people, you know, when things happen, they're like, damn, I'm rising in the rankings. Or like, <laughs> oh, you falling in the ranks, buddy. Um, so, like, I, I think that was also kind of interesting to – kind of like refresh you on like okay like where could I be a little bit better or more connected um or how do people view you as a friend yeah and so Lexi finna light the group chat up <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's I don't have like a like a centralized friend group of things like that but like um it's just funny having those conversations with people like man you know like uh one of my friends was drunk at her birthday party <laughs> pull me off to the side I'm like man you know you my favorite out of all my friends I'm like how many people you done talked to and pulled to the side and told them no for like real. that meme the yeah. Draymond meme <laughs> you know I got you bro yeah. you, know, you know I fuck with you exactly <laughs> that's, that's when you know you had too many drinks in the look, party look but I was like look I, I receive it and, mm -hmm. it and part of it is so funny as she was saying because she was like you're like I don't feel like your love or your friendship is like um 
pinpointed on like me doing a certain thing or showing up a certain way. Like you just allow me to show up um, however I am and whenever. And like, I really appreciate that about our friendship. So, you know, think about your friendships, think about what you really appreciate and where you might be able to show up better. Um, There are many different levels and tiers. And so not everybody gets VIP access and that is okay. You have to understand your boundaries and who to share things with and who to, you know, who is good for certain things Mm -hmm. and might not in other ways. But here are some things that we can actually do universally to be better friends. So um, the first, go ahead. Um, What's the last thing you had said? Because that kind of was starting to raise a thought. Um, Like knowing who you can do things with. But also I think one thing um, that is also important is understanding what other some of your other um friends or people who consider you to be a friend things that they want and if you if you can't really do it or that's not really your thing um i think i think we should pay more attention to um not just like who's in our life because of like what we like doing and like i know i can i like doing these things with these this group or you know this person is my person i i rather do particular activity with this person somebody that I know I can um have work day with and and then go hang out or whatever I think that's cool but also um how can we ensure that we are also providing or like understanding what other people may be wanting out of you or is that on them to um to initiate that themselves so that's actually one of the ways that we can be better friends is to know their love language like how they give and receive And sometimes that can look like a conversation. Like if you're not sure, you know, if friends feel loved or supported, you can ask them and then give them an opportunity to tell you. But some people you can tell kind of like what their stuff is. And so it's it's different. Everybody has different needs and different definitions. But I've literally text like the people who are close to me and actually just ask people like, hey, do you feel loved and supported? Like, is there anything I can do to better support you or be here for you? And then also um, them having the patience and understanding that in some seasons I might not be able to show up as well than in other seasons, but that's part of that, that friendship foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say like understand their love languages. And if you're not sure, ask, and then also do check-ins. Like we've talked about relationship, like romantic relationship check-ins, like from the Gottman Institute, which is like the, um, like the lead Institute doing relationship research. And how what was that episode where we were talking about that? Um, it was in the uh, the four things that the four signs that your relationship's not going to last, I believe. Okay. And it was like saying if your relationship does these four things, like these four things lead to res- yep, um, mm-hmm. stonewalling, like all those. So if you if you haven't listened to that, you can look up Carly's Couch for uh, signs that your relationship will end. And it's not because we're being pessimistic; it's because there's science behind these things and how they isolate your partner and can start to break apart that love. But then also um, ways to fix that are to have check ins with people. And give an opportunity for you to say how you're feeling and speak your piece and them to do it, too, in a brave space. Um, So knowing people's love languages, taking time to actually do that. Um, The biggest one and one of the biggest ones is uh, presence or attention. So attention is the most basic form of love. And it's like more than just checking on your strong friends. Like whenever you're there, actually like engage with them, listen um, focus on what they're saying to you, hear their words, like understand their body language. And also that gives you an opportunity to notice like when there are shifts in people's behavior, like maybe you aren't the friend that checks on people all the time, but you notice like, you know, your friend usually shows up to 
kick it with you, you know, at least once every couple of weeks and then you haven't seen them in a few months. Like it might be time for a check-in to actually see what's going on or if they need support. Months. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you only see them every few weeks or something, maybe you won't mm-hmm. notice. But anytime you notice like a drastic shift in behavior, maybe something more drastic. Like if y'all work out together every week and then they out of commission for two weeks, like what's going on? And I think with this um, point of showing being present and, and giving attention and showing attention, that it's important to do that directly. And by that, I mean um, via text or phone call or by spending time with them. Um, because I think social media gives us a false sense of keeping up with people because, you know, you're seeing their pictures, you're seeing your pictures, and you might say, oh, okay, cute haircut, or, you know, you might say, oh, I see you living life or whatever, but you're that's not really, um, you're only, um, <clears throat> you're only, co- like, communicating with kind of, like, just what's being shown to everybody, and so that's still not necessarily the level of, like, real friendship of connecting with them and, you know, paying attention to how they're feeling and what they're saying and how they're doing. Um, I think it's really easy to put stuff out online and not to say like, oh my gosh, everybody's covering stuff, but like, you know, you put stuff online and then there's a whole another life um, always uh, with people and things going on, whether that's good or bad um, or concerning or whatever. And so I think that is very important to do these things directly and not specific, not really just by like being reactive on social. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah. Cause it really do be feeling like you are connected and you're not, you absolutely haven't talked to a person in a long time. Um, so we talked about listening more, like being present, like directly. Um, also, like dating your friends in whatever ways works for y'all. If that is work dates, if that is trips out the country, if that is a coffee date or a walk at the park or working out with them, like there are different ways to actually connect and spend time with them. Um, and so making sure that you're you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to also talk about respecting people's space. Um And mental health. So I think that's more about being cognizant about the fact that other people can be going through things also um, at particular times. I, um, oh, I forgot what the details of it were, but um, I remember it was either like I was feeling some kind of way or something, but then, um, you know, talking to a friend and realizing they was going through some worse things or like they were really, really like going through it themselves. that and I've had a conversation with um, a friend where I forgot how the conversation started, but then they ended up like going into like how they were feeling um, kind of depressed or like, oh, you know, I, didn't, I don't really want to be in the group chat and stuff no more because I just don't, I don't really feel social right now, blah, blah, blah. And I think that um, sometimes, again, you have to hit people directly to even have those conversations. Um, but then it's helpful to respect people's space. And like if you're a person who only hits people up when you need something or need them, um, I think that's a sign that you can be a better friend because you're not respecting where they might be at that moment. Um, and I think that it's it's just in general important to consider that, you know, people can be going through the things themselves. And so having like grace in conversations, checking in on them, um, and then just making sure like they have space before you start, um, you know, talking about all your stuff. But I, I feel like if you're a good friend for real, then you kind of have a sense in general about some of those things going on, or if you're actually a good friendship, then, you know, they're talking to you about that stuff. You've talked to them about whatever stuff, um, or they feel safe talking about that. And so it shouldn't necessarily feel another way. So like for me, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, when people talk to me a certain way, then I, it's like, I can, we're not really friends. Cause like, you don't have any idea what's going on and you're just like talking to me or at me or about something or whatever. Um, and so I think that those are signifiers that, 
you know, if you're in sync about what's going on and you respect that, um, that that's being kind of a better friend. Absolutely. Um, another way to be a good friend is to show gratitude for them, um, have appreciation. Like everybody loves to feel appreciated and giving them flowers often. So if you see them like growing, like we talked about, um, you know, celebrating your wins and stuff along the journey, like if you see them making progress towards the things that they've been working on, give them some love, you know, congratulate them, tell them that you appreciate them, just kind of showering people. You never lose anything being grateful and by putting that on other people. Mm hmm. Um, also, what's really important about being a real friend to somebody is having tough conversations sometimes and um, letting them know what they might need to hear. Um, not saying to be judgy or just to like tell people that they're messing up or whatever, but in a loving conversation when you're actually listening to somebody, um, being able to hold them accountable, um, listening to what they're saying they want to do, listening to maybe if they're going through stuff, um, and kind of actually like being there with the real talk a lot of times. I think that's important um, because if for somebody who's not my friend, I don't care enough to say any anything, right? Um, and again, I'm not saying you have to say that in any kind of blunt, rude, or whatever way, um, but only if somebody was really like my friend would I actually have particular tough conversations with them. And along with that is like being vulnerable. Like it's, it's impossible for relationships to get – better and deeper without any t any level of vulnerability. So that's on both sides. And I think it does take a, la a layer of vulnerability to be honest with someone and say things that could potentially hurt their feelings or, um, you know, like a gentle G check. That's what my best friend and I call it. Like, <laughs> oh, I needed a G check today. Like, damn, you right, sis, I really did. Thank that's you. Because um, I definitely, we have, we call each other and might be complaining about something and they're like, actually, it's you. <laughs> mm. And like, damn, you right, my bad. Thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, setting me straight. And that requires you opening up um, and sharing your with people and so the people who are on that tier that you feel comfortable and safe and brave enough to do that like I encourage vulnerability is always a good thing in those spaces yeah without vulnerability there is no relationships um and that's something that I've learned over time because anybody you can call your friend or a partner or even a family member but like if there's no vulnerability then they do not know you if you do not know me you can't be my friend um and so only that's how I kind of consider um, the tears of my friends with the level of vulnerability that I show with them or how open I might be with them or the things I talk about uh, to them or with them. Um, and I think that's a tell for me how comfortable somebody feels as a friend with me based off of how, um, you know, how much they are open with me or talk about um, things like that. And I think it's also interesting, though, because I, I, I'm pretty sure I said this last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, is that even with people that I meet that are new, like my level of vulnerability has changed so much that um, now I can like just sit down with somebody I just kind of started getting to know and maybe I, I'll open up about more things. And I think that's just me being more comfortable with it. But also I think that um, that's still a corner or stone to like a real friendship. And to me that lets me know, um, oh, this is somebody who um, can can listen to me um, and again, it doesn't, it's actually not even that, that deep, right? Like the things I'm talking about, like talking about, but also it just does help you feel safe with certain people um, when you can talk about certain things. And that doesn't mean that they're, you know, you're going to talk about everything with them, but yeah, unless you're, unless you're being open, then that they're not really your friend. It's only kind of like this um, surface level type thing you got going on. 
And that goes back to the quote that I said earlier, you know, that the self-work that you do is a gift for everyone else. So all that work you've been doing on yourself opens up that door for vulnerability and you to have deeper and more fulfilled relationships, um, you know, with whomever you choose and whoever you feel brave enough. Also think about the space that you're providing when people choose to be vulnerable and open with you. If you notice that nobody in your life is really open with you, then that is a sign that you're probably not providing space for them to be. Um, or you could have a bunch of terrible people in your life. So it could be one or the other. But most likely, if nobody feels comfortable or if you feel like that's something that's lacking in your life, work on holding better space um, mm -hmm. and listening and being present and not being judgy and not trying to fix their solution um, and just work on communicating. We also have a few episodes on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, really good advice. And it's good to when you're feeling maybe lonely, if you're feeling withdrawn or you're feeling isolated, um, asking somebody else how they're doing can be like a good thing for both of you. Um, but in general to what Carly's saying, like reaching out to people more often um, and giving them an opportunity to kind of open up will allow you to maybe show them more um, that you can deal with them being themselves or open with you. Um, and it might take a little time, but I think that's something that you have to show people. So they might not see you as that person until you um, kind of dig in a little bit and create that space. Yeah, so reach out to some folks this week. Ask them how they're doing and mean it and be present for their answers. Um, and hit us up at Carly's Couch and let us know if any of these things are new to you, how your friendships are going. Um, and also, if you have any episode ideas or questions, we would love to hear those too. And then I'm going to end with the question of the week, Lexi. What is the coolest thing that you have learned or researched recently? Um, dang. Um, I feel like there's something very, very recent because I'm always like looking up something. But um, I'm gonna go with um one of the interesting things that I've learned recently was is um <laughs> this, is, this is so not um I guess I'll just go with with um learning more about um this LA area and learning about um Catalina Island when I went over there a couple weeks ago um it was so funny because the whole time I was like googling stuff like why is the name this or how are these buffalo get here or um, you know, what's this and what's that? And then on the last day, I went to um, a museum that they had there where they showed this um, kind of film in there that went from like the 1800s to the 2000s. And so it was so funny how um, it was talking about like the native people and then how the Spanish came and then all the things that changed and that the guy Wrigley's Gum, Wrigley's Gum guy owned Catalina Island. Oh, um, it was it was interesting. That's cool. Um, he owned the island. It all burnt down like five times because of like fires and you know how it is in South Southern California. Um, Marilyn Monroe lived over there for a few months before she got, um, she became a star. Um, and it was just interesting. So I, I would say that was the most random, like uh, a lot of Googling while I was there um, and things that we learned over there. The Cubs came there to practice um, for their baseball camps and stuff like that because I think, I think maybe it was the Wrigley guy, but somebody was like a big Cubs fan, so they had him come down. Um, so it's like a lot of random stuff. And the Wrigley's guy was loaded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I still haven't been, so I'm excited to go to Catalina um, and to see Buffalo, which is mad random. But I would say the coolest thing that I have learned recently is that red light, if you look at it first thing in the morning, um, one to three minutes a week, so it don't got to be every day. But there's a certain 
kind that can regenerate your eyes and help improve your vision. And so there's a lot of research right now around, it's like a certain wavelength, I was like, 370 or something like that but um it was Andrew Huberman was talking about it and if like that over time has shown to improve um the vividness with which you see colors and the difference between them but also vision mm. I'm like that's oh, interesting we could we x-men out here we wolverine but what are you you looking at a light yeah so light um, source yeah so I, I was like googling to see if there were different ways to do it but they have like a little machine where you just hold it in front of your eye I'm looking like a pirate right now you just hold it in front of your eye for like one to three minutes on each side, like oh, per week. So it's not even nothing crazy. Like three minutes a week is nothing. Mm. Um, but so, like that for two weeks already started showing the imp um, improving cells and like cells health and regeneration in your eyeballs. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if it will help to be in um, like a dark room or something, like a place with like red lights um, in general, like in your space, or if it just has to be like super specific or you do it a certain way um, to be helpful. Because you know, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have. Um, those color lights in their mm -hmm. home and stuff like that now too. Well, they mentioned a specific wavelength. I don't mm. know if those are on the wavelengths, but you know, you could start looking at those every morning if you want to. First, look, <laughs> first thing when you wake up, they did the same studies with people who did it in the afternoon, and it showed no improvement in vision. Mm. So it has to be like early. Okay, that's a cool fact um, to learn. Um, thank you all for listening, and we hope you'll be a better friend this week. 